A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. imagine that we'll have jingle bells and that because it's the 24th of December 2018 baby nearly Christmas I hope you're driving around enjoying the joys of the winter uh, stuck in traffic listening to our stupid voices I'm Pete Donaldson I'm joined by Luke Moore it's the Luke and Pete show have I got ppi.com you sent me a whatsapp voice message with that on last night and I don't know why just got stuck in my head <laughs> It's Christmas, Christmas time, mistletoe and wine, um, children People's singing Christian rhyme. And checking up whether they've got ever been sold PPI. Yeah, Christmas time, have I got PPI? Well, something, actually, it was actually that company, have I got PPI.com, yeah. uh, on the radio that made me ring them up to see, because I'm fairly certain I did get sold PPI, uh, but I couldn't be asked to check it out, even though they say, it's so easy. Um, and I rang them up and I went, have I got, could you check, have I got PPI, please? And, um, oh, they went, oh, we'll get back to you. And they would not stop calling. So I just gave up in the end. I, mean, I can't be bothered. And then HSBC sent me a letter saying, um, we've given you 200 quid. Let's keep this call it quiet. Quits. Call it quits. Yeah. And I was like, fine. Can you stop the PPI people ringing me now? <laughs> um, checking if you've had PPI. It's one of the finest Christmas traditions. It's become a Christmas tradition in the UK. Cliff Richards sang a song about it, for crying out loud. He did, actually, yeah. Oh, Luke, it's been a busy week for me pre-Christmas. I went to... Do you know where Ripley's Believe It or Not is? Uh, just on the corner of Piccadilly. Piccadilly Circus, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, well, it's uh, not there anymore. And uh, now it's been replaced by... You know that mad German, possibly Swiss... Um, doctor who did the uh, Channel 4 live autopsy. Yes, I actually know... Um, Gunther von something or other. My friend's dad hosted that live autopsy on TV because he's a doctor. Oh, I thought you were going to say... John, John I think he's called John Hayward. one of the cops. <laughs> but he had... He, Is he, he called Gunther von Hoofstraden or something? Yeah, something like he's that. He's got the Body Worlds exhibition. Yes. Yeah. So the Body Worlds exhibition, uh, or part of it, is now at the Ripley's, believe it or not, Piccadilly uh, location. Big right. spares, great place to display anything. Um, have you seen any of these in, in real life before? No. I thought it would be a lot more spooky than it is because it's genuinely human bodies. Was it quite analytical, quite medical? Um, no, it wasn't because basically, well, the bodies, um, they look... They don't look like bodies because of the plasticination, plasticination um, thing that he started. Kind of makes the bodies look unreal, even though they're just essentially unwrapped. So they, they have to be done like that to stop them rotting, presumably. Yeah. So now they're more plastic than actually. And so thing. people who have passed away have said in their wills or whatever that you can use it. You for can use my purposes. body. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, so they're all kind of unwrapped. You can't really sort of see any skin on them. Uh, so they look unreal. They just look like medical um, like models or, or diagrams. Um, but kind of interspersed with almost social political commentary, sort of like, 
oh, we use our phones way too much now and right. our brains are changing and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's no real facts or figures behind it. It's just no. him going, making oh, a point. Kids, kids use Game Boys too much. Oh, I'm making a point here. Sort of thing. Uh, um, yeah. But th- my favourite... <laughs> Why did you go there, by the way? Just because I've never seen any of the... I've never seen a dead body before. On your, are you on your own? No, I went with a friend who is also First as date? morbid as I am. First date? Ah, ah, yeah. yeah. Um, you're making like really inappropriate jokes like you'd use like a joke and that person on your date with you wouldn't laugh and you go I'll get more laughter out of him yeah. and he's in formaldehyde in a tank FYI mine's bigger than his <laughs> <laughs> though the testicles keep the balls kind of together that's not erect that's rig- that is rigor mortis that is- <laughs> um, but the, one of the more interesting ones were speaking of sex um, which we went um, was, <laughs> was um, uh, <laughs> they'd put two models together having sex Oh, right. So the man was lying down. The woman was on top in a reverse cowgirl uh, configuration. Am I right? Am I, Am I right? <laughs> You're not and, wrong. <laughs> and um, so, and and also, the woman's stomach was kind of burst open, so you could see the end of the penis inside. That's the woman. unacceptable, isn't it? That's not what someone signed up for when they passed away. Well, the thing is, that's what I'm thinking. Like, imagine if you're a braved Mate, wife. It meant no going, I'm going to see my husband. What are you going to do today, Sheila? I'm going to see my deceased husband who bequeathed his body to science. Yeah. Uh, what's going on here, Steve? Um, you're and, fucking a woman. Yeah, and, and, she's, <laughs> and you're both dead. <laughs> what about, yeah, you've just signed there saying you're happy for your body to be used in the exhibition. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. No and you signed there saying that your family's consented. Yeah, that's fine. No problem. Yeah, I would have that. Yeah, fine. And if you just signed there to show, say that we're allowed to show your stomach ripped open with a penis on the inside of your body. <laughs> Pardon? Nothing, just a penis. Yeah, on no, the, it's very it's binary. A, you're yeah. either in or you're out. It's, you know, it's, it's EU directive. We've got to, we've got to do <laughs> these <laughs> things. Just, just tick the box. It's fine. Yeah. Are we allowed to chop your penis on and put it in your mouth? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. maybe Gunter does that thing that they sometimes marketing companies get you with where one one box will say, tick if you don't want. Yes. And then it will say, don't tick if you do want. It's like GDPR all over again, isn't it? It is. I think that's probably what we signed up for. Absolutely. I don't think that's acceptable. I, I think you no. cannot go that far with it. Not in Personally. reverse cowgirl. Maybe that's the first time that woman had ever attempted that um, position. Could be. And also, if you if you think to yourself, I'm, I'm happy for my body to be used for medical science following my death, and that's a very noble thing and good for you for doing that. Mm. When you are signing up to that kind of guy, I've, we've all seen him on the telly right. with his hat. Yeah. We know the kind of guy I he is. I would not be giving my body nah. to him. Nah. The state of him. No Come way. On. His little cheeky face. I'd say, yes, you can use it, but you can never be alone with it. <laughs> That's, that's there always the, uh, has to be someone else, and they can't be dead. That's the rider. That's the rider. <laughs> Sorry, do you know any people who are alive? <laughs> that's the rider. So, what would you uh, give it out of ten? Um, How many dead penises would you give it out of five? It's strong eight. I always the thing is because they're not constrained by the um, by the uh, scrotum, and the testicles just hang directly south. Right. So yeah. they look really weird. They look like curtains for the penis. Couple of um, couple of nuts outside the sack. Yeah, one of them was like. For some reason, there was this one that was like, I think he was like, a, they, they were, I think he was maybe a ballet guy that they'd sort of made pretend to be a ballet guy. He might be playing tennis, but they just, for no reason, cut open the ball. Yeah. Like, I don't understand tennis why he did it. it. Tennis maybe, balls. maybe. Yeah. Ripped, yeah. ripped tennis ball. I, I, yeah, that's the thing. Someone like that is always going to go a bit sort of quirky and a bit kooky with it, aren't they? Mm. They're going to, they're going to, you know, they're going to pull the bum cheeks open. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're gonna, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna 
you know, put the finger in the middle finger, given the bird. You know, just really sort of de- degrade the whole thing. Yeah, I want to be given a skateboard, and I want to be flipping the bird, because going, "Fuck you, society! I'm dead, and I'm little fingerboard on their fingers." <laughs> I, 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 what's it called again? The little fingerboard? I can't remember. Oh, um, I can't remember. I'd be interested, for example, in in that exhibition, and maybe it does have this, mm. but I'm just asking the question: if it had, say, a guy here who had died in say a car accident, he's got perfectly normal brain, mm. and a guy here who had like serious impact trauma from being playing the NFL or whatever and the state of their brains. Oh, that's, or, that, that's exactly what they had in there. Oh, they have they like had lungs of a smoker, lungs of a healthy... Smoker, okay. that's exactly... Have you been? Because that's no. literally what they no. had. <laughs> that's what I'd be interested in. Yeah. The smoker lungs look horrible. Mm. But they look big. They look bigger than the normal lungs. So, so well, you've got big lungs there, so you probably can take it. Well, no, that's not what the lesson did that is, Did you see it? that guy? It was for me. Uh, <laughs> did you guys see the guy who coughed up a perfect um, tree of the... Uh, not alveoli. Yeah, yes, alveoli yeah. In, the, in, the, uh, in the lungs. Yeah. It made a perfect kind of branch. It's like when you pour molten, don't do this, a pour um, molten metal into an anthill and then you brush away all the soil and then you just have this perfect um, representation, sort of Christmas yeah. tree of, a, of an anthill. The thing about that is... And you then you to, go, fuck you, hands. You'd have to plan that in advance, wouldn't you? Because when you have to take metal at a very high temperature mm. into the middle of the desert somewhere yeah. and do that... But on, I, I saw. And I'd the, do it again. I saw, I saw the story of the. Um, what are you doing? Just waiting for this metal to to cool. <laughs> what? I, I saw the, the story of the guy. How much hole did I pour it down? <laughs> might have been a Russian guy who accidentally inhaled. Was it like a? I want to say a piece of Lego or something. Right. Uh, it was something like that. A small mm. piece, like toy or mm. piece of plastic or whatever. And they had problems coughing. Yeah. Obviously, and um, by this point he's about thirty. Yeah. And still uh, in there. Well, yeah, so they, they gave him a scan mm. and they found this thing on his lung, like a lesion. Mm. And they were like, oh, God, we're going to have to biopsy you because I think we might, you might have lung cancer. Yeah. And checked it out. And they were like, hang on a minute. And it was like a piece of plastic. Pulled like, it out. He's fine, he's fine now. Lego he's head. Fine, he's absolutely fine now. Yeah. So it could, it could sometimes just be a piece of plastic. To be honest, though, do you reckon he was a bit like, um, will you be taking excess of just the top half of my body? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. there's all kinds of stuff on my ass. Yeah, it's probably hassle to do the whole body, isn't it? Yeah, don't worry about that. That's too much just save, save the extra yeah, machine. Absolutely. Yeah. So Which Body Worlds, that was good, was it? Yeah, it was all right. It, it, was, it was fun, yeah. So I specifically said to you when we record this episode, Yours. talk about something Christmassy. It is Christmassy. What's Christmassy about it? Humans. They put little Christmas hats on them. <laughs> I mentioned a Christmas tree in the, in the pouring molten metal into an anthill. Yeah. Yeah, so there we go. Jingle bells. What are your family Christmas traditions? Um, well, obviously the Brexit argument will uh, no yes. mirror its ugly head. That is a classic. I felt a little bit like when I, um, like last year, was the first Christmas that my sister's husband visited. And I felt because... Did you know we, him? Yeah, and he's a, a, a stand-up bloke. Absolutely lovely. Proper mank. Brilliant. Um, uh, uh, the, the, yeah. friendliest, the friendliest kind of, uh, of, of Brits. And, um, but I still felt because I'd spent so many Christmases with just me my sister, my mum and my dad. It was a real sea change. Turns out when he actually arrived, he got instantly got food poisoning and I had to go to bed for all day. So, uh, so I didn't even really see him, but I felt a little bit... That's like, the lengths you'll go to to protect your family unit at Christmas, is I it? I poured mortal metal down his <laughs> Have you not got... There's no grandparents on the scene? No, there's no we, cousins, we only ever no had one nan. Aunt, we only ever had one nan and she died at 96 about 10 years ago. Aunts and uncles? No. Well, we got one... Who doesn't really come round? No, is we're not. We're so it's very, just the four of you. Yeah, but you love been like that forever. You love uh, your niece. This time I cannot wait. Can't wait for yeah. that. She, uh, How she, old is she? One and a bit, and she hates my voice. So hopefully, um, most most of the listening public. I know. Um, she, I'm just trying to work out. She probably isn't going to be quite old enough to understand what's happening. No, yeah, exactly. Next yeah. year will be great. Yeah, I reckon. Oh, I think she's going to have a lovely time. I don't know why my dad won't dress up as Santa though, because he's very Santa-ish. 
He's already halfway there. Big fat bloke, beard, works for me. It's already halfway there. Mm. So uh, apart from Brexit arguments and giving members of the extended family food poisoning, what are the other traditions? Um, My dad goes to sleep at seven, as you well know. Uh, Even on Christmas night? Even on Christmas night. Yeah, he's, he doesn't care. <laughs> well, so, so on Christmas Day, he gets up at one in the morning on Christmas Day. Yeah. So by the time you get up, it must, be the one day the, it must be the one day of the year he's up with kids. <laughs> <laughs> kids will be up. Yeah, and, uh, and then he goes to bed, and then my mum goes to bed about nine, and then I always watch the UK office Christmas special. On your own? On me. All right. Oh, this is, yeah, I, I, I didn't think this would be as depressing. That's yeah, it's thing. quite depressing, isn't it? Is yeah. it like that in the North generally, or just your house? Well, we've got a, uh, the, the one thing that is, really reminds me of home nowadays is that I brought home from uh, Japan one of those, um, it's like a little um, plastic milk carton uh, with a face on, like a kind of, um, like a lion, I think, or maybe a zebra or something. Right. And it sits in your fridge, and as soon as you open the fridge door, it goes, good to see you. Nice. It says, and then after a while, if the fridge has been open for too long, it goes, shut the fridging door. It's like having a friend. It is like having a friend. So you'll occasionally hear me at one o'clock in the morning and my friend going, shut the frigging door. I'm trying to stay cool in here. I, I really like, I really wish I was there when the closing credits of the Doctor Who Christmas special come up at like 10 to 7. Your dad goes, right, that's me. That's me, done. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> so what time does he want to have the Christmas lunch if he's been up since one? Oh, I don't know. He goes to the, he'll go to the pub uh, quite... He goes to the pub too early. What time? He does like 11 until t- like one or two and it's like, nah, too early. Yeah. Give me a two till five. I'm fine. I'll come with your dad, but no earlier than that. It's too early. We, we have a t- He's been up for hours though. That's the thing. My mum doesn't like us leaving the house at all on Christmas Day. Yeah, no, I, I, was, I was never a fan back in the day. Because um, my wife likes to go for a walk along the beach because we live quite near the beach. Mm. And, um, and we did that last year and I detected it with my spidey senses because I know my mum obviously very well. Yeah. She was a bit upset about that. So I had to uh. smooth it over. Um, so I imagine we'll try and go for a walk again this year, but you never know. Might make, get... a, make, a pa- make a papier-mâché versions of yourself. Like Weekend at Bernie's? Yeah, so I go, I'm just going to go for a snooze for an hour Maybe and get... climb out the window. Remember that film with Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, he might be sliced alone. It's either Last Action Hero with Arnold Schwarzenegger or Stop and My Mum Will Shoot with Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> where he calls his mum and he's just got this like old-school tape recorder. Right. So he calls his mum, hmm. presses the tape recorder, and it yeah. goes, Hey, mum, how are you? And she starts talking, and the rest of the tape is just him going, uh-huh, hmm, oh, okay. Oh. And he just goes out. So it's like... I um, could do that on Christmas Day with my parents, couldn't yes, I? It's... But from the shower, maybe. Steam the shower up. <laughs> the I'll shower. be for in a minute, and then go for a walk. Yeah, good to that. <laughs> yeah, a little bit like uh, Home Alone. Might not be in the Christmas spirit. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Um, I hope that's enough Christmas chat for the first half. Why don't we take a quick break, and then after that, we'll listen to some emails that you've sent in by emailing hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. See you in a minute. Merry Christmas. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, Sheikh, you're telling me that drinking camel's jordan is part of the din. Ach, you don't get me wrong. Don't get him wrong, even at Christmas. Probably doesn't even celebrate Christmas. <laughs> I can almost guarantee that's the case. Yeah, so because uh, he's an imam. Yeah, so not only have you gone from not doing anything Christmas for this show, you're actually now putting people in there who actively don't celebrate Christmas. Yeah. It's the anti-Christmas special, if anything, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I've Too got much Christmas. Well, we've got because we record these in advance because mm. against all odds, we do actually have a semblance of a life Yeesh. between us. Um, I've not got any Christmas-themed emails either. No, because people gonna... have Well, we can only go with what people have sent us. Yeah, but what I'm saying is we're working through emails from back in the day, well, aren't suck we? Suck my Christmas lolly, I say. I'm still working through emails of, like, like this one here, from mm. uh, um, Tom in Southampton. Okay, then. This is an email off the back of episode 118. Mm. Now, this is episode 127 we're recording now, so we're still nine shows behind. Um, so, yeah, Tom says, listening to episode 118 got me thinking about my own closest brush with death. We were talking about near-death experiences on yes. that episode, Pete. Uh, he says, back in 2012, I was away on my first summer holiday without my parents. And one day, a few of us went to a water park. That's tradition. Traditional. That's holiday. Uh, now, as a qualified lifeguard at the time, I felt pretty much at home and safe in the water. <laughs> that didn't last long. <laughs> they had a large wave pool where you could sit in rubber rings and enjoy the motion of the waves. At one point, a particularly large wave knocked me out of my rubber ring and underwater. Oh, no. It's not the size of the wave. It's the motion of the ocean, Pete. <laughs> No worries, I thought. For as you've said a few times. Simple swim to the top and get back in the ring. The first issue was when I touched the floor of the pool instead of breaking the surface. I'd obviously got turned around and gone down instead of up. See, I never understand that. Are you a strong swimmer? No. So incredibly weak. I'm a fairly strong swimmer. So I'm going, I can go and knock out 50 laps probably. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I'm all right. In, this, in a crisis situation, laps, I'd be one of the best. Rather than kind of. Well, lengths or whatever you want lengths, to put it. Yeah. Um, this just sounds a bit but mad. I don't, I've never been in a situation where I've not known what down and up is. Yeah. Probably because I haven't been turned over enough in the water, maybe. The first time I ever um, got in a swimming pool, I was pushed in by a bully and fell in and I was going, blah, 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 and the woman had to save me. Uh, How old were first you? First time. I was, when did you start going to the pool? So like at school. Like eight or nine or something. Yeah, something like That's that. really bad. That could have been terrible for you. <sighs> well, I mean, she was there, so she could have stopped me falling in, but um, yeah, so, I, was not, um, I was no prepared. You should get swimming. It'll be good for your asthma. They all, everyone says that. And I say that every time. Yeah. Um, but I think at one point I was down the beach. There's a beach not too far from where I grew up called mm. West Wittering in Sussex. Beautiful beach. And when the tide changes, the waves get quite big. And I remember coming off a a um, bodyboard right, yeah. there once and hurting my hip quite badly and getting a bit confused as to where I was. But I was able to get my head above water. So it's never, I've never really experienced that. I know surfers get it, I think, when they surf those massive waves. Well, they don't know where... Well, I guess but the, first, yeah. the first thing they do is swim right to the bottom, don't they? So, to get the wave out of the way and they yeah. come up again. Anyway, uh, um, he said, anyway, not too much of an issue. Oh, it was deep, but I'm a strong swimmer, so I wasn't too worried. I wasn't as calm when I eventually broke the surface, went to take a breath, and instead got hit full on in the face by another wave, inhaling what felt like a gallon of water. It had been a while since I had taken in any air, and this just did not help. If all of this wasn't bad enough, 
For the few moments I was above air, all I could hear was one of my friends absolutely pissing himself with laughter and shouting, it's funny because he's a lifeguard. <laughs> Annoyingly, other people found this as funny as he did and I couldn't enjoy it quite as much. I eventually managed to gather myself and haul myself up onto a stranger's rubber ring while apologising and gasping for air. Not my proudest moment, but in a way, I'm glad my near-death experience could provide at least some entertainment to others. Thanks, guys. Tom. Oh, it's that vom, though, when you're vomiting like chlorine yeah. Gross. Speaking of vomiting, oh. um, it's Christmas. I am um, something you'll, you'll laugh at, and I think it's... You tactical eater? No, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. It's only, it's only fair that I give this to you as, as ammo, because I obviously relentlessly take the mickey out of you. So mm, okay. um, about a week and a half ago, um, I was at a Christmas party, mm. and I was meeting a mate beforehand, mm. and we couldn't go to the pub we wanted to go to because it was too full. Mm. So it was London, Christmas week or whatever. Drives me mad. It's Christmas drinkers. I'm there. Mate, I'm out there every weekend. There was 20 people outside in the rain mm. drinking. It's bad. Anyway, so we ended up going to a Weatherspoons. Mm. Um, you might have to, you might have to um, edit this a bit because I might be being, making legal problems for everyone here. Uh, <laughs> it was a pub. It was Weatherspoons. Right. Um, I haven't been in Weatherspoons for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went in there, got a few beers from the tree draft beers, right? Mm. Some weird, randomly named pale ale beers. Had, I think, three in there. Uh, had a couple more drinks at the Christmas party afterwards. Went home. Next morning, I was sick as a dog. First time in about five or six years I've ever been physically sick mm. due to alcohol. Mm. I wasn't even that drunk. Mm. And I am convinced it was due to the poor quality alcohol in that pub. I mean, or is that just me being a laughing stock? Could be a bit. Of, could be a bit of food that you'd eaten. What did you eat that day? Uh, can't remember. <laughs> well, it could have been that. Could have been anything. Mm. Don't have to blend the blend the beer. But I mean, if you are consuming beer, you could just have had a. My had friend a, who was there at, the, at the pub as well. The only other guy who went there was, was also sick? sick. Yeah, was he also sick? Yeah. No, oh, well, maybe then. Yeah, maybe it was get, a dodgy pint. You can so, get dodgy pints. That's the risk you run. I'd watch Sherlock if he was investigating that stuff. <laughs> oh, I do watch it anyway. Yeah. Have you got an email there, Peter? I got an email. Um, Josh, afternoon boys. After hearing the whoa, my computer just turned off. Uh, after hearing about keeping or returning found monies on a previous episode, it took me back to September two thousand and eight. Uh, my very first date in my new home for four years, Southampton. Another uh, Southampton email, like. incredible I know, scenes. Right? Unbelievable. Um, after driving down with my folks, we unpacked all of my belongings into my halls of residence, and I was about to begin a course in animation at Southampton Solent University. Uh, before Not the my real Paris... one, former polytechnic. All right, same as mine. Bournemouth is a very uh, good uh, one for animation. I, I nearly applied. Demonford, they're awful, yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> before my parents headed back home, we thought it might be nice to grab a little bit of lunch. Not being familiar with the area, instead of heading into the town centre, we ended up headed into uh, Totten, a town just outside Rubbish. of Southampton. Awful, it's awful we, there. We pulled up into a local pub car park, popped in and had a mediocre lunch. <laughs> when heading back to the car, I noticed the unmistakable shape of a 20 quid knot. Love that. Result, I thought, this will come in handy for the inevitable freshers week boozing. No sooner than I picked up that rogue knot, he's actually written rouge knot, which I quite like. Are they even rouge? They're not rouge, are they? 50s no, they're rouge. purple, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, I noticed another, and then another, and then another. My old man and I were running around the car park plucking crisp 20 pound knots like daisies. Classic. After a brief conversation on what we should do with this new bonding time, isn't it? It was decided, <laughs> like the crystal maze, yeah. uh, that I should keep it to help it to get through my first few weeks of independent living. Uh, while now I would hand such an amount of cash to the police, a, nun, a younger me had no such problems in keeping it. Love the pod cat chaps, it's mint. Um, How much money did he have there in total? 250 quid. <laughs> in 20, doesn't make it, doesn't make sense. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, he's Very lying. good point, yeah. And he says there, in my younger days, I was only happy to keep the lot. You were with your dad. Your dad <laughs> should be giving you some sort of moral compass there. <laughs> 
Um, well, uh, Alec Lodge has also come in on this uh, subject. Hi, guys. Just wanted to say I definitely have kept that 350 euros, especially as you said the ID card was for a casino. Yeah. My only worry would be that uh, something like that would be a trap for some kind of TV show or social experiment. I'm yeah. much more wary. Bearing in mind I did a voiceover for a uh, quiz show that was like a kind of um, surprise quiz show last year. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it did right now. Did they get commissioned? It was on BBC. It was on primetime yeah, BBC. It was a pilot, wasn't it? No. Uh, no, they did six episodes and I was in three of them. Oh, right. Okay. It was uh, uh, Ready or Not, it was called on BBC One. And I was basically behind a screen in a museum. And I had to basically, you know, those audio guides that you put on your heads. Yeah, I was in, I was like the voice in the, in their heads, sort of going, "And this painting is from." Oh, I'm bored of this. Let's play a game. And they were like, "Oh my god, I'm in a quiz." Uh, oh, and then, so what they did they win? Do, um, very little money. Right, <laughs> BBC, <laughs> money. BBC, enough to make a fool, fool out themselves. So they were like, "Oh, if you want to win ten quid, you got to shout boobies or something." It's a bit like um, bogies. You're uh, perfect for uh, this uh, job. Uh, yeah, um, but yeah, so I'd be worried that I might be tricked into murdering a, yeah. um, uh, a political opponent of a North Korean regime. Darren, that's how those girls got involved. Darren Brown gets involved. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Got you, yeah. Um, that Totten guy, just on that thing, from, <laughs> if you're talking about the provenance of that particular money, mm. if it's in Totten, almost certainly someone robbed the bookies or something. Do you reckon? Oh, yeah. It's Totten a bit of a shithole. I, I, I wouldn't go that far, Pete. Write it down. But... <laughs> He's nodding. He's nodding. <laughs> no, that's He's nodding. not true. He's nodding. That's not true. Alec Lodge also says that I'm pretty sure that Iron Bra... Iron Bras? Iron Brew... <laughs> Iron Brew... The Iron Lady's Bra. Uh, Iron Brew Bars uh, did have bits on the uh, tangy side and was smooth on the other. Oh, right. Yeah, that makes sense. The plot thickens. Iron Brew... Wham and Desperate Danny are two, three staples. We've learned that over the last Island couple Toffee. of weeks. Island Toffee. Island Toffee's up there. But you yeah. know on that Ready or Not show, and I'm not saying it was um, it was a poor TV show or whatever, because you know, I wouldn't speak ill of, of your work. But you know there is a tradition among the BBC of occasionally they drop an absolute stinker in terms of Saturday night quiz shows. Mm. And do you remember that one, Don't Scare the Hair? Oh. My God, it was terrible. What, what, what was the... What was the... It was Conceit. this really weird, nightmarish, cartoony... Um, show where you mm. had to do certain things with this quite wacky guy who dressed a bit like do you remember, the only way I can describe him is do you remember that song that went ooh ee ah ah ting tang the cartoons yeah that's that what they were called right so he looked like one of those <laughs> and he had a massive rabbit or hair in this case mm. in the middle of this big nightmarish sort of stage set cartoony stage set yeah. and you had to do certain things and if you did things wrong or did it too loudly or got a question wrong or whatever, you'd scare the hair and the hair would run off. I know it sounds like I'm making it up, but I promise it you I'm not. It sounds like a, a, a sub game in um, Shooting Stars or something. It, it yeah, just imagine like that, that, but serious. Thing. Yeah. Incredible. I'll show you a picture here look, so you can Don't see it. Don't scare the hair. Do you remember Bring on the Wall or whatever that was bloody called? Look at that. Oh, and it's got um, the ball block from the gadget show on it. Is that who he is? Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Um, There's another picture name? of him. Yeah, it's, it's just the, bizarre. It's the blo- he's got some um, fancy glasses on. Yeah, bring, blo- bring on the wall was actually entertaining though. Yeah. I mean, I can it's very basic, but you can see why people would like that. It's people falling off things into water in a comedy way. Yeah, I mean that's funny. <laughs> it's not weird. Don't scare the hair. It's not the strangest dream that ever came true. <laughs> like, like don't scare the hair. Anyway, so if you if you can think of the worst tea, I'm going to say tea time family entertainment. Mm. It doesn't have to be BBC. Yeah. Um, hello at lukeandpeachshow.com what about this Pete from our arm Dave who says yo Dave what's going um, on what's hi cooking? guys here's what he's about to tell you oh. while listening to a recent story on your show from the home of the extraterrestrial Roswell USA <gasps> I was reminded of my own brush with the alien world a few years ago which I thought you may enjoy <laughs> I was on a rail replacement bus to Bath 
Ugh. Not the sort of place you'd expect uh, to have a uh, an alien situation. And had struck up a conversation with an elderly American gentleman sat next to me. After a while, he casually explained the purpose behind his visit. He was the world's leading expert on crop circles. Oh, and can't was find in, a bus. And was in town Train. to catch up with a colleague to discuss that summer's emerging patterns. Rail replacement bus, Peter. Sorry, okay, so yeah. you went for the rail. You know how expensive that train journey is down to Bath mm. and Bristol. <laughs> um, there was a story, in the, a story in the paper the other day about trains. There's a couple of guys, they might have been Newcastle United fans, actually. Yeah, they flew via Marbella, Marbella. for a night. It was cheaper. <laughs> um, he says, now, I myself am a bit of a sceptic when it comes to these matters, but the coach journey was an hour long. So channeling my inner Louis Theroux, I pressed the man on what I should know about crop circles and alien life in general. Here are the key points. Point number one. Crop circles are definitely messages from extraterrestrial life trying to communicate with Earth. Mm. <laughs> Point number two. The patterns from that summer were indicating a massive galactic event due to happen in the winter of 2016, which would put the future of the Earth at risk. Spoiler, that didn't happen. Aliens were generally friendly and were trying to save the human race. Point number three. Alien life is in a form which is completely impossible for humans to recognise, yet... They are as char- charismatic as Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> I think we know what kind of guy we're dealing with here. Uh, point number four. <laughs> President John F. Kennedy was killed by the CIA because he wanted to work with the Soviet Union to uncover the alien world. And final point... So he's getting away from his wheelhouse there. Yeah, the pla- final, that's got nothing to do with crop circles. Yeah, yeah. Final point. The planet is run by a small group of 20 individuals who are all in touch with the alien world, ensuring our galactic survival. I wish I could remember the man's name to be able to look him up, but I hope this anecdote at least entertains you in the meantime. I can't say I believe much of what I was told, but it did brighten up a wet trip down the M4. Yeah, I would find that tedious, that kind of conversation, because you are, any normal person would be like, oh, you've dedicated your life to a lot of shit. Especially if you're in the window seat and you can't even <laughs> you look can't at, yeah, can't do <laughs> On a bus as well, you can't go to the toilet or anything. I mean, if I was sat on that, I would ask questions like, why do they only ever choose really bendable crops and not well it was um it, it was outed in a bbc investigation there was a couple of guys in a local pub in wiltshire somewhere wasn't there yeah yeah would get a few have a few beers wait yeah. for the pub's closed then go and do it yeah but it was like why would you why would you choose um uh crops crops why would you choose like wheat to do it in um theresa may style why wouldn't you choose i don't know a bloody great car park why wouldn't you just churn up if you're an alien race you could probably churn up a car park all nice yeah or have knocked down a few buildings to what, send a message. Well, one Richard III was uh, buried in. I was sick in that car park. Were you? Yeah. What, when you heard the news? <laughs> ah, what? They dug him up and v- I just vomed on his face. Your grief over the nephews that he killed at the tower. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just remember going, hang on, that's around the corner from... Oh my God, I was sick in on top of a monarch. There's a brilliant documentary about that. And the, one of the women who was the Richard III expert, she was quite mad. She Honestly, she was incredibly strange. It was brilliant. <laughs> Do you know how they found... So when Richard III was um, exhumed, mm. do you know how they were able to confirm who he was? Uh, oh, I know this There's one. There's two, two ways. Fingernails. One, one no. was the curvature of the spine, right. which he was reported to have had. Ah. But secondly, because he was the king, he was the king and he was killed on... I think, I think he's the last king to be, English king to be killed in battle. Mm. Um, so, of course, the, 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 the lineage, the, the throne passed to someone else. Mm. So any, any descendant of his was no longer royalty. Yeah. Right? They found some guy in like two or three towns away who was like a blacksmith. And they said, oh, by the way, uh, do you know that you're descendant of Richard III? He was like, oh, am I? Said, yeah, you are. Uh, do we take a swab of your mouth? And he was like, what for? He said, oh, we found Richard III. I want to make sure it's him. And he was like, yeah, all right. I took a swab from his mouth and confirmed it by DNA that it was him. Ancestry.co.uk. Yeah. <laughs> Which sort of begs the question about how they could work out that who he, he was definitely the right descendant. 
But anyway, that's definitely what they did. It's a Channel 4 documentary, which mm. is very, very much worth a watch. Why, do, why, why is he not rich? Why is the blacksmith so old? No, Rich was dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's what his mates called him. Anyway, that's, the men, that's about the end of it. I mean, listen, royal deaths, crop circles, people who have been exhibited in, in Piccadilly Circus in weird ways, your dad going to bed <laughs> early, a drink. and near-death experiences. What could be more Christmas than that? I know. Okay. PPI, that's what. Have I got <laughs> Christmastime.com. There we go. Yeah. If you don't do it, Sky will. <laughs> Thanks well, for listening. Have a great Christmas. We'll see you in a few days' time. Anyway, we're not taking any time off. No. Um, so, yeah, get in touch. Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com if you want to speak to us. And we'll look forward to uh, speaking to you again soon. Tell us about your weird Christmases. What did your nan do? Maybe she passed away. Let us know. She probably farted. This was a Radio Stakhanov production.